Hey, before we get going with this week's guest, I just wanted to throw this out here. Just a couple of quick updates. Uh, you're going to hear me at the beginning of the podcast say this. You know, we kind of we, we did this week a little bit backwards. Uh, we had the foundation Friday on Monday, and now we're doing the interview on Friday. So, but we are getting an interview in this week, and that's the most important thing. Uh, along with that, next week uh, will be a, a probably a lot of hit and miss when it comes to uh, Twitter handle stuff and updating things on on Twitter. Um, and, and putting out the, the daily napkins because I'm going to be at the Nebraska State Tournament all week uh, from Monday through Saturday. Uh, going to be doing a lot of different things, including a bunch of roundtable podcasts. We, we hope to do uh, hopefully three or four roundtable podcasts next week from down at the State Tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, and so keep your eye out for those. Uh, I talk about it at the end of the podcast here as well uh, about those roundtables. But we got a, a bunch of really good people already lined up, and I'm in the process of finding some more good people. And uh, it, it's just, it's just going to be a really good week. We're going to get back to the roundtable podcast because a uh, a lot of coaches' seasons are over and they have time to do it, and b uh, you know hopefully this whole COVID thing is behind us to the to the best of our degree. We're going to have to live with it for a while, uh, maybe for a long while, but at least we're to the point where we can kind of live with it now. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there before we hit our podcast here tonight with Grant Cole. Uh, you're really going to enjoy it. A lot of really good information from Grant. So, hey, I'm done talking. Enjoy the podcast. Episode number 114 with Grant Cole. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 114. And we are doing this week way backwards. On Monday, I dropped two Foundation Fridays. And on Friday, I'm dropping an interview podcast. But that's the way things work uh, this time of year. It's tournament time. People's schedules are crazy. But I am really excited to have Grant Cole, the head girls basketball coach at Auburn, Nebraska High School. And he's, uh, you know, done a lot of really good things with his program. But before we get to Coach Cole, uh, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor for the podcast, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at COSACChiro.com or give them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. You can follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin to pick up daily coaching tidbits from the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes, so download, rate, review, give us five stars so we can get the word out about the podcast, gain momentum in the ratings, and be sure to help as many coaches hone their craft as possible. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And last but certainly not least, I have spent quite a bit of time the last couple of weeks since my season is over remodeling the website. Go to a pen and a napkin.com. And we've got a bunch of different uh, features that have been added. We've got coaches clinic information. Uh, we've got the, the biggest one is the coaching resources page, and I've dropped a bunch of stuff on there, uh, book reviews, my personal notes, some handouts I've worked on, a whole bunch of different things on, on that coaches resource page. So go and check out a pen and a napkin.com. But before you do that, wait about an hour or so 
because you need to listen to Grant Cole. Grant Cole from Auburn, Nebraska. Coach, how are you doing tonight? Great, Marnie. Doing great. Good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you coming on here. A little spring break action. Have you been off all week? Yeah, we all we got off yesterday. So okay. um, just yeah, half day Wednesday and Thursday and Friday off. So so so, so what does a, a coach whose season is over, who's probably hit the postseason crash? What's what's he doing over his spring break here for a few days? <laughs> well, yeah, the weather's been nice, so I've uh, enjoyed doing a little golf. So that's been that's been nice. I'm a big golfer, so okay, yeah, nothing wrong with a little Scottish ball striking out there on the links in Auburn, Nebraska. So, uh, well, well, hey, I I appreciate you coming on here. Excited to have you on here. Talk some hoops. Um, Coach, we're going to get this started the way we normally do uh, when uh, we have a, a high school uh, coach on, uh, and we'll just start with this. Uh, talk about your your basketball journey, your sports journey. Uh, how did you end up being uh, the girls' basketball coach at Auburn High School? Yeah, well, just my ever since I was a little kid, um, you know, basketball has been a big part of my life so um i have a big influence for me just my family um i remember you know traveling around um all around with my mom and dad watching uh, my sister shannon play and then also my brother brent uh, you know i vividly remember brent he he was part of those nebraska bison all-star teams when he was in high school so you know you know i spent my summers um you know going to some of those big time tournaments and uh you know, just kind of fell in love in the game with the game, watching uh, uh-huh. him play. So um, that was a big part um, of me just becoming a, a coach. Um, my mom's a teacher, and then Brent and Shannon are both teachers as well. So, um, you know, that kind of got me going in that direction. Uh-huh. Um, where'd, where'd you Where'd you go to school? How'd you get in? You know, uh, you know, what were your coaching stops along the way here? Yeah, so I. Uh, well, I, I did play um, some basketball at Peru State College um, personally, and then I ended up transferring to UNK, um, and that's where I finished my uh, my education degree at. And then uh, my brother, uh, Brent, he was the head coach at Crete. Um, so I did my student teaching um, at Crete, and I was able to you know be an assistant under him, which was um, a lot of fun and a really good experience there. Um then my first job right out of college was at Dorchester, uh-huh. um, and I was assistant uh, boys coach there for one year, and then I came to Auburn. So started out at Auburn not um, not as the um, basketball coach. I just kind of coached everything, and then, uh, you know, baseball, softball, football a little bit, middle school football, and then uh, got an opportunity to coach girls basketball. Uh-huh. And, and coaching definitely runs – in your family, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine. Is there anything other than coaching that you talk, guys talk about at the Thanksgiving table? I mean, do do, do, do any other topics come up at all? <laughs> not not very often. It's it's sports related, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, my, you know, I got a lot of great support from my family, um, but it's always fun to you know bounce ideas off each other and get get feedback from them because. Uh, you know, my, my parents, sister, brother, they, they all know what, what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you, you came back to your hometown. You kind of went away 
um, to to Peru and to Kearney and and stuff. But but you came back to where you grew up, and uh, you know it's it's uh, where your mom went to school as well. Uh, so so how uh, how special has it been to uh, teach and coach in your hometown? Uh, what's what's that experience been like? Yeah, it's just a small town community, which is always really special. Um, you know, I I know you know everybody in the in the community and have for a long time, so it's just you know always a really rewarding experience. Um, yeah, you know, coaching um, a lot of the the you know the kids that um, I've gotten to know um, and seen grow up. So um, that's that's the best thing and. Uh, you know, everybody cares for each other and, and we want everybody to be successful um, at everything mm-hmm. um, they do in this small town. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, though, and, and and I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus, so to speak, here, uh, but, they're, <laughs> but they're, you know, as, as much of a blessing as it can be, it, it also can be difficult, I'm sure. You know, what, what are some of perhaps uh, the, the difficulties of of coaching and teaching in in the place that you grew up and there's probably some people in town that see you as you know little grant cole that was you know knee high to a grasshopper and all that other crap you know uh you know what you know is there is there anything that's that's been you know you know i don't and, and maybe difficult isn't the right word but you know makes it a little bit more challenging whereas you're, you're coming into a community that nobody really knows you and you kind of carve out your own niche yeah, I mean, I think you put maybe a little added pressure on yourself too, um, mm-hmm. just because of that. Um, you know, yeah, everybody knows you, and 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 so you you want to you want to do an even better job because of that, and um, you know, so that might be that might add a little bit of pressure, and and the people you know knew me when I was a you know a player here growing up as well, so that kind of adds some pressure as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you, you talked about your sister, uh, Shannon, and and she's a coach. She's a she's a softball uh, gal, and uh, you know you uh, and w- and we'll talk about uh, uh, softball here in just a second. Uh, but she got the, she got the youth program going there in town and kind of built up. You guys got a little bit of a juggernaut going down there for softball as well. Um, but it went from from one coal to the other coal, you know, uh, what were, what were kind of the, the pluses and the, and the, or the positives and the negatives of, all, all right, Hey sis, I'm going to take over for you. And I really like what you did here and here and here, but I might tweak this a little bit here or there, you know, what was that process like? Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It, uh-huh. it was something that I, that I, you know, wasn't, wasn't really expecting. Um, to be honest, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't come to Auburn thinking I was going to coach softball. Uh-huh. Um, but when the opportunity presented itself, um, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that, that I did it. And, and Shannon had a big part in talking me into doing that. Um, so she, yeah, she got the youth program started and, um, she was, you know, having a lot of success with the program and building the program. And, um, she wanted to, or she left Auburn, um, because she uh, wanted to become an administrator and had some administration opportunities, and so um, she talked with me about taking it over, and and so 
um, it was a, it's been a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the best part about that is like you said, she, she had it going in the right direction. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, so it was just kind of up to me to keep that going. And, um, I was very fortunate to have some, have that in place and then have some extremely, um, good players. Uh-huh. Um, what, uh, uh, I got two questions here, you know, does it, uh, we'll start with this one. Does it help, uh, being, uh, a multi sport varsity head coach to help with your numbers for both softball and basketball? And, 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 you know, we're a basketball podcast here. So do you, do you think it helps creating those relationships on the softball diamond that helps, you know, get better numbers out for your basketball program. It it helps them understand, you know, from, you know, coming into basketball from day one, this is the way coach communicates. This is his, when he says this, he really means this type of stuff. Uh, has that helped your, your basketball program out? Do you think? Yeah, I 100% I agree with that. Um, you know, but, and this is the way it's been, uh, so, so most of my, most of the really good softball athletes, you know, have, have also um, been extremely successful in basketball. And I think it, it definitely did help, you know, carry that over and, and yeah, get people out as well um, for basketball as well. Uh, it helps definitely when you've had, you know, success as, as well. And we've had obviously a lot of success in, in softball. And then that, that carried over as well to basketball. Um, so, you know, especially in those, those first, uh, few, few years, um, and just getting that buy-in, um, they knew what to expect from me. And, um, and so it definitely carried over to into the, into basketball. Mm-hmm. What, um, what are some things about your philosophy that you carry over from the two sports. I'm always interested to talk to coaches that coach multiple sports. I yeah, I don't. I just I'm just a basketball guy. Uh but I played uh well, let's put it this way. I had a uniform when I was in high school for the baseball team and and they didn't have any but they didn't have any choice. They had to put me out there. We kind of ran out of guys, but uh no, I you know, uh I I played baseball, I played basketball. Uh obviously they're they're two drastically different sports. One is very kinetic and and continuous motion, and the other one is very static and and you know in a lot of ways you know slower moving. But yet coaching is coaching. Uh, so so what are some things uh, that you think have served you well in your coaching philosophy that have carried over between the two sports? And what are some things that you conscientiously emphasize between your softball program and your basketball program that you think has helped you be successful? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the biggest thing is we like to talk about is um, doing, you know, competing in everything we do. Um, and I think that goes into playing multiple sports. Um, I, I coach, you know, I've coached multiple sports um, and I want my players to play in multiple sports. And um, because of that competition aspect, uh, you, you know, you got to you got to put your out, yourself out there to compete, um, competing in practice, competing in games and everything. And I'm a big believer in in that making uh, that's going to make you better, um, you know, and even if you're a basketball player and strictly basketball, you know, or basketball is your main sport. You know, I think it's really important that um, you play multiple sports uh, to improve yourself, you know, and to, pl- to pl- 
play a different role on a team to to do something that you struggle with um you know that's only going to make you better at just competing mm-hmm. you know so that's the big one mm-hmm. um that we always talk about okay uh what is there anything that you conscientiously don't do in softball or change a bit about your philosophy uh whether it's the management of the roster or you know anything uh, that you that you do or don't do in basketball. Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I sometimes in in softball, I would say I I don't like to overload them with, and you don't want to do this in any sport. But you know, when it comes to when it comes to the mental aspect of the game, you know, and you. And you're at the plate, not wanting to, you know, you want them to be confident, you know, and, and, and build that confidence up and not put too many things in in their head. Um, and you don't want to do that in basketball either, but in basketball, we, we talk a lot more just, you know, um, tendencies of, you know, player tendencies, defensively, offensive philosophy, a lot more. Um, with the scouting aspect, I would mm-hmm. say, um, and that's the big difference. Uh, scout a lot more in basketball. Um, we do still do in softball as well, but uh-huh. you know some of that stuff's more more for us coaches as opposed, you know, player aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Softball, you just or or baseball. Most of the time, it's just hey grip it and rip it, you know, type of a thing. And, and we're going to do our stuff and, and maybe make a, a bit of a read off of what we see from the pitcher or whatever it may be. And you're watching, a, you know, you're watching your outfielders on relays. Okay. Right fielder's got a strong arm, left fielder, not as strong or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, let's just go out, let's play, let's, let's get after it and let's roll. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yep. A pen and a napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job, basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to a pen and a napkin.com and follow the links to order. Videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the bundle for $50. That's less than $8 a video. We also have our defensive series available. Those videos are also $10 a piece, or you can get the three-video bundle for $25. Check out the A Pen and a Napkin University Video Library. Coach, I thought it was really interesting as I was researching for tonight. Uh, Auburn goes to the state tournament in 1978. They don't go again until 2018. Uh, 40 years. Pretty simple math. Even this history teacher can figure that math out. <laughs> the common thread is your mom, who is the starting point guard on the 78 team and is uh, the, the, the mother of the head honcho of the 2018 team. Uh, you know, what kind of... Uh, that, that had to be a really satisfying uh, feeling to, to share that bond with your mom and that experience with your mom. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, you know, just uh, you know, forty years and and you know, any any time you uh, you know, there's been a long drought like that, it, it adds a little bit of increased pr- 
pressure when you get to those district finals. So to to break through and and um, to get to the state tournament again, um, you know, and and to celebrate that with my mom was was an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Fort Calhoun said we'll take that drought and double it, and then some. You know, we just we just busted our boys just busted through after ninety nine years uh, the other night. Um, so. You know, forty years—that's uh, that's just that's just a nap compared to, to, compared to what, what we've been through. But yeah, and, and that's that's not a that's not an exaggeration uh, for those of you that are unaware of of you know what's going on in in our state in our little community. Uh, it has literally been since nineteen twenty three since our boys' basketball team qualified for the state tournament and and they won the other night. Now, as a Cubs fan, uh, you know they take ninety nine and say, "Hold my beer," you know. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan as well. Oh, so, uh, all right. Yeah. I know what you mean there. Yeah, huge so, Cubs fan. <laughs> so, uh, uh, one of the greatest days of your life as well was November the second, 2016. I, I take it. Yeah. 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 As as I've often said, and, and forgive me for repeating the same joke on the podca- podcast. Uh, my the f- the five greatest days of my life was uh, the day that I got married, the birth of my three children, and and Game Seven of the 2016 World Series. <laughs> and, and I will never tell anybody what order they're in. Um, no, I'm just I, I'm just kidding. The Cubs would 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 be number five, of course, um, and the other four are tied for first. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, we could go down that rabbit hole for a while. But it's not a Cubs podcast; it's a basketball podcast. But you know, droughts droughts are difficult. Um, you know, you um, you know, I you know, I was at our game last night. I announced a game. Uh, I, I was at our our boys game Monday night. I, I announced a game last night, and you know, we hadn't been there in ninety nine years. Um, I'm watching Lincoln Pius the tenth go, you know, and win the state tournament for you know. You know, they get to the state tournament for how many times, you know, who knows how many times they've been to the state tournament. And they were happy, and the kids were happy, and the parents were happy, and that type of thing. But I know there was a, a, another level of emotion getting over that hump. But at the same time, um, you had to go through a, a lot of stuff in your experience trying to get that team over the hump and, you know, especially being from Auburn and being well aware of the numbers and. It's been 40 years, Coach. We've got this great team, Coach. This is the year, isn't it, Coach? So forth and so on. Uh, what was that experience like for you as a head coach going through, uh, you know, helping this team get over uh, not as much the physical hurdle but the mental hurdle and the buildup of the pressure of, of finally achieving that goal? Yeah, that, that's the, the huge part of it. Um, the, the biggest thing is you the yeah, like you said, everybody is brings it up, um, and not just to me, but the players hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, the, and it's not you know the players are it's not a, they had nothing to do with not getting there. You know, you know in the, in the past, <laughs> and, yeah. and so yeah. you got to just kind of remind them of that, and uh, and so they're mentally ready to go. Um, you know, and we and we just talked a lot about you know we don't ignore the fact because. That, that we haven't been there in a while and it's extra motivation at some point but we, it comes down to you know the girls um you know playing how they have the, all year long and um we knew if we did that that um we'd give ourselves a, a great chance to, to get to the state tournament mm-hmm. how, how did you uh what are some things that you conscientiously did 
uh, as you got towards, you know, late January, early February to try to, uh, you know, obviously get your team playing the best ball that you possibly could, but minimize the uh, self-inflicted pressure of we got to do this, this is our chance, everybody tells us this is what we're supposed to be doing. Is, is there anything that you felt like you conscientiously did to kind of take those two things and meld them into one to put the kids in the, in the right mental frame of mind? Yeah, in we in that group specifically, and it, it was uh, which made it a little bit easier. Um, but we had we had you know really really good team chemistry, really good relationships with that team. Um, so we were able to have have moments where we had fun as well, and and not make it such a, a huge deal. Um, you know, throughout that year, you know, we were able to you know have some good team bonding. Um, um, which, which always is great for a group and, uh, you know, make into practices or at times in practice, make things a little lighter, you know? Um, and so the girls were able to have fun as well. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you are in a situation at your school where, uh, the last few years, while you've, you know, built a consistent winner, at, at uh, on the girls' side of things, uh, your boys have had a, an incredible run, three state ch- state championships at one point, winning sixty some games in a row, and and you uh, get to work in the same gym or or uh, however you want to put it uh, with one of uh, you know without a doubt you look at the numbers and this guy has been successful uh, for for three decades in gym weeks. Uh, what are some of the things that you've taken from, from Coach Weeks and learned from him as you uh, have grown as a coach and, and you've uh, borrowed and adapted to your own coaching philosophy? Yeah, and Jim, uh, the number one thing is his preparation. Um, there's nobody more um, prepared than, than Jim, in my opinion. Um, and that's been a lot of that's been a lot of fun to watch and it's been helpful to watch as me, um, as being a young coach. Um, you know, he's, he's always, and from our conversations, he's always, you know, preparing for, for things that, you know, that could be happening or, um, you know, every single scenario. And, And then they, they practice that and practice, you know, repeatedly over and over, um, and I, I think that's the biggest thing, and it, and it might never come up, but um, they make sure they practice it. So if it does, they're ready. They're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And you know how uh, how you know what's how do I want to say this? You know how how has he developed that philosophy? Has he explained that philosophy uh, to you, and how he has come about those type of things that have helped put him in that position? Yeah, he he's talked a lot just about over over his past, and and the, you have to go through some of the the struggle as well, um, you know. And he's told me stories about you know games that he's lost, and when you know then where he wasn't prepared for for a certain situation, and and how that just that you know that makes you better, and in, in, um, in the long run, and you're you're always you know get it going to um you know get better as a coach and the more experience that you have and and Jim's obviously got a lot of experience but 
he just the the preparation over and over um it just sets him apart from everybody else absolutely absolutely Coaches, mark your calendars for Saturday, April the 9th for the second an- second annual A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic at Fort Calhoun High School in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, just 15 minutes north of downtown Omaha. We have a great day lined up for you and your coaching staff. From large group speakers to classroom sessions to discussion tables, the A Pen and a Napkin Coaches Clinic promises to make you a better coach. Clinic rates are $30 for one coach, $75 for two coaches, $100 for three coaches, and for four or more coaches from the same staff, just $30 a piece. For more details, check out a pen and a napkin at a pen and a napkin on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Or, like I said earlier, you can go to the newly designed, newly refined a pen and a napkin.com as well. That's your third area that you can get information on that coach's clinic. So, Coach, go grab Coach Weeks, grab some of your folks from your staff, and come and come on up on April the 9th. We'd love to have you in Fort Calhoun. So, um, at this time, Coach, we're going to kind of switch gears here a little bit. Uh, we're going to go with the John Wooden quote of the day. Uh, we're going to throw out a coach a quote from uh, Coach Wooden, and uh, you know, feel free to comment on it. I would love for you to 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 comment on it and and tell us, uh, you know, why you. You know, hopefully you agree with what Coach Wooden says. We, we all should agree with Coach Wooden. Okay. Uh, so you, are you ready, uh, Coach Cole, for the John Wooden quote of the day? Yep. All right, here it is. The John Wooden quote of the day is, You must have the more elusive ability to teach and to motivate. This defines a leader. If you can't teach and you can't motivate, you can't lead. Yeah, uh, you know, I I definitely think um, that's a huge part of uh, part of uh, leadership and coaching in general. Um, you got to be a great teacher, um, and in order to get the most out of your students or your players, you got to be able to you know to find out what ticks and, and to motivate them to to be their best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and and that's that's leadership. Mm-hmm. Where do, where do you start by trying to find out what motivates uh, a, a player? You know, um, I mean, you, you coach everybody the same, but you coach everybody differently. But there's a common place. You know, you got to kind of start from square, you know, the square one and then kind of go from there. What are some of the things that, that you kind of start with when you're trying to establish relationships and, and, and trying to figure out what, what motivates the individual player that you might have? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to start out by just getting to know them um, personally, um, and that starts now. Long, you know, that's a that's a long process even before they even, um, you know, take the take the court. But uh, finding out, you know, what what's going to make what what are their goals? You know, what what do they want to be um, as a player? What do they want to be as a person as well? Um, and then you know, try to align with align that with with how they're how they're working and um you know if you got a goal um ahead of you um you know it's important that you align your actions um and your habits with it mm-hmm. uh, do you sit down and talk with with each one of your players do you have those individual sit down meetings or is it just kind of more of an informal thing it's it's more informal um that's it's it's something that i've that i've thought about 
um, doing more of sit down. Um, just because I think, you know, it is kind of getting a little harder, I think, sometimes to, to build um, some of those relationships. Um, you know, I, I would say it's a little bit more difficult than, than what it was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Or even, <laughs> I'm a young coach, but, you know, even, you know, before that. Um, so I, I think you got to, you got to do some activities and, and, and get those conversations going. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, don't start yelling at the clouds yet, Grant. All right. You know, <laughs> you know, when you start getting my age, you can start doing that a little bit, but you're way too young to start yelling at the clouds. So, yeah. yeah so, um, well, Hey, let's get into your, uh, basketball philosophy here. Uh, we got about, you know, four things that we want to, you know, try and get through. And, and if, like I said, you know, if we go to another direction or if this, you know, uh, if we start going Old Testament and this begots this, which begots this, then that's what we do. Uh, but one of the things that you said you wanted to or were willing to talk about, which we haven't talked about for quite a while on the podcast, is is your philosophy and what you do with the press break. Um you know, so, uh, you know, at this point, as, as I tell a lot of our guests, I'm just going to kind of let you cook and talk here about your uh, philosophy when it comes to press breaks and attacking pressure and uh, maybe some of the things, if you would, you know, be willing to explain your scheme here. You know, again, the weakness of the podcast is no video, uh, but, uh, you know, just kind of tell us about your, your press break philosophy, what you guys run and how you implement it. Yeah, um, the biggest thing is I like to keep uh, press breaks. I, I like them to be simple, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's really important the players understand uh, spacing. Um, you know, we we see a lot of uh, a lot of zone zone presses um, in a lot of our games. So we see a lot of one two two zones, um, diamond and one zone presses, um, and so what we look at at, at the start is what that that inbound defender um that first inbound defender is doing you know are they on the ball are they off the ball and that kind of dictates you know what we can do from from there um and the biggest thing is you know if that inbound defender is um off the ball um we like to get our our best athlete inbounding the ball and then they sprint right into the middle and and have a a, our best athlete was that Um, off the ball you have your best athlete take it out Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and then when they're off the ball like that, it gives that, them a little bit more time, you know, to get right into the middle so that trap doesn't get there too quick. Um, and we get that person right, right into the middle. Um, you know, and, and obviously we have, you know, our best athlete in the middle, somebody that can, that can move that has a big catch radius and that can do something with it when they catch it there. Mm-hmm. Um, when, that inbound defender is on the ball and maybe that trap comes really quick. Um, then we'll have, uh, you know, either start somebody right in the middle or that backside guard just immediately goes middle and the inbounder, you know, stays back for that quick reversal, um, on that first trap. Um, so that's, that's what we start out with. And, um, you know, we have that, you know, our two best ball handlers guards, uh, um, up front, best athlete in the middle, and then uh, two two people deep, um, you know, wide along the sideline, um, being available for a lot of those zone um, uh-huh. presses. You know, if we 
are really struggling um, with that first trap. Um, and it's something we've had to do uh, the last couple of years a little bit more just because our, our lack of size, um, our guards are, are um, pretty small. So sometimes they get, you know, that trap's pretty difficult for them. Um, then we'll start to, you know, go into something else where we flash, flash our posts up the sideline. Um, and then our, our point guard cuts, cuts through and, and get the ball in the middle that way and going. So, so, so let's say she throws, uh, you know, your gal throws it in uh, to one of your two ball handlers. Instead of bringing that opposite post back and flashing her to the middle, you're look, looking to bring kind of that ball side post back and flashing up and then sending the opposite guard through the middle. Did I, am I, is that making sense in my minuscule mind here? Well, when we run our yeah, when we run our flash press break, we'll we'll send the the ball side post flashing up the sideline, and then our guards will be stacked in the middle mm-hmm. um, about the free throw line, and then we'll we'll cut one, you know, um, kind of angle it towards the towards the sideline half court line, and then we'll keep one right in the middle, mm-hmm. um, and that's we do that because our our posts are um, pretty athletic. Um, and they're not and they can move so they that allows our guards you know gives our guards a little less pressure when they come and help help out with that mm-hmm. okay um what about uh like a half court trap uh you know uh let's say you venture into saunders county and you're playing a wahoo uh school or something like that and they throw a one three one or you're you're playing the old South Sioux teams and they're throwing the stinger at you, the one two two half court trap. Uh, what's what's one or two things that you do uh, in those situations where you know you got a free you got a free run for 40, 45 feet, but you know something's coming there and they're trying to pin you into the coffin corners. Yeah, and and that's where you know we we split the the, the if it's a one three one or one two two, we split that top girl with with our two best two best cards and, and, and make sure they know that they can, they can reverse the basketball as well. And, you know, they not just to dribble it right into that, that trap, maybe take it one, two dribbles and reverse it back over. Um, and then that's really important where we get somebody always got to occupy the middle, um, and then down that sideline and be available. Um, a lot of times, you know, the, the deep girls, um, might be too um, in tight to allow that that back person to, to jump that pass over the top. So just have really good spacing, get wide on the sidelines, and then you know come up and be available for that ball. And then once you throw it over uh, over the top of that wing, you know that that middle person has got to dive, you know, right right down the middle of the lane um, immediately, and so they can't. Um, trap it there as well mm-hmm. and then the guards got to sprint past half court mm-hmm. good stuff good stuff uh let's uh let's go from there uh you've broken the press coach hallelujah you've broken the press here um what are you looking to do with your half court offense then at that point what are some of the principles 
that the Auburn girls basketball team is going to run? Are you a pattern guy? Are you a motion guy? Uh, I know we've traded film, but I'm, we, we don't play each other, so I'm never really watching your team. I'm always watching who you're playing. Uh, so, uh, you know, what are you guys looking to do? Uh, what are you emphasizing? And I know it's it, it changes a bit from year to year depending on personnel, but what are some of your core principles when it comes to your half-court offensive philosophy and, and what you try to do uh, when, it, when it gets to five-on-five? Yeah, and lately we've been more of a we've been more pattern lately. Um, but in anything, it comes down to uh, you know with great ball movement and and great spacing. Um, we haven't we haven't oh you know over the last few years um, been able to just come down and and have you know have a post that we can just throw the ball to you know to to create. Um, you know, so so we have to get the ball moving, and then we talk a lot about just um, reversals and getting the ball, you know, multiple sides of the court um, early, multiple sides, and and making the defense shift and move um, to help create um, some opportunities for us. Um, so that's the biggest thing. Our what we do is we we have a ball screen offense. Um, and then also, you know, a high-low um, offense. And in both instances, I would say we do, even though we don't have a big, you know, post that's that's six foot, six two, you know, our posts are about five seven, five eight, um, but they can move. So um, we do run a lot of things through them. We reverse the ball through them a lot. Um, just because, you know, we want to make the defense, you know, decide what they're going to do. Um in our ball screen offense, uh, you know, that helps us get post touches um, because they got to decide, you know, how they want to guard the ball screen. Um, so a lot of teams, you know, some teams decide to switch those ball screens on us, which that really helps, you know, um, some of our undersized posts get matchups that we want. Um, if they don't switch the ball screens, uh, you know, it gets their – the other team's bigs out having to guard and then um that creates opportunities for our posts you know to, to go by them and um and create opportunities that way so what are, what are so what's one or two drills that you run to help teach ball screen offense decision making um you know footwork etc etc what, what's one or two drills that you guys use to help emphasize those all of those you know, really basic principles, but as basic as they are, it's, it's, it's complicated because you're just reading what the defense gives you, you know? So what do you do to teach that? Yeah. Well, and it it starts out by, by going over that, that footwork and, you know, getting open on the wing. And then, um, we always, you know, start off by getting open off the wing you got a jab and, and always be a threat to go to the baseline side. You go, you got to be a threat to attack the hoop, um, and make the defense, you know, be honest with it. And then we, we start off by real early in the year, just going off, um, you know, your options off the ball screen, just going, going over, over top of chairs or cones and, and going through, um, those options of, you know, getting in the lane, um, you know, when to, uh, you know, to pull up, when to, um, reject the ball screen, when to, you know, 
take those two dribbles out wide and then and then um you know attack again um from there so that's what we start out with just just one on oh you know practicing those over cones and chairs and then we'll go get into uh you know two on two um uh, offense defense there and, and just go over those all those different scenarios mm-hmm. uh how much time are you spending uh in practice on on that type of uh fundamental stuff uh, on a daily basis yeah we we do it a lot we do it a lot um early on in the year um and we go over breakdown drills like that often um early on in the year and that's with our ball screens but that's also with with you know our our high low as well um and and just kind of build up you know build up to two on two um or you know not even um two on two but we start out just two on oh and then you know talk about um the options and then you gotta just rep them over and over um two on two three on three and then five on five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what uh you know is it kind of the same thing with your high low stuff um working on that footwork breaking it down one on zero and then one on one uh what are some ways that you guys teach that that high low stuff as well yeah um we do a lot of that when we just break up guards and posts um you know our posts are really working on ceiling um and you know how depending on where the ball's at and how the defense um how they're guarding you in the post and and how you're going to react to that um and that's you know a big part a big part of it is just post understanding you know how you're being guarded and and what to do from there um and so our posts have done a really good job of that um the last few years um and then our guards you know working on uh being able to attack you know off the dribble um but then also when we get those high low opportunities the spacing of okay we get a post touch and then what what do we do from there you know not standing um so we do have some you know post rules of you know we get a a post touch you know that that post on the top whether they enter it down into the post or whether they not they're they're cutting hard diving hard backside um backside block every time they get a post touch and then our guards are rotating up um and for those kick out threes mm-hmm. okay um well while you're while you're working on your half court offense you're also thinking about your half court defense and and you're you're you know you're obviously working on that both ways uh what are what are some of the principles of of your half court defense what do you guys emphasize is it pack line is it on the line up the line are you looking to blitz stuff uh pushing baseline sideline you know what do you what do you guys uh you know what's kind of over your overall defensive philosophy uh why is it that way and and maybe what are some ways and and things that you break it down and teach your team uh your half court uh, defensive philosophy yeah we've been uh primarily man-to-man um for the most part, um, some of it has depended on some some personnel in, in the past last few years, but last two years especially have been uh, mainly all man to man. We are more of a yeah gap pack line 
um, type defense. Um, we want to um, keep people out of the paint, out of the lane, um, protect the rim, not give people, um, you know, not create, you know, driving opportunities for them um, to get to the rim. Um, I want to push everything out um, and make people shoot it over the top of us consistently and score. Um, so uh, that's what we try to do. Um, you know, we still want to pressure the ball. Um, we have great on-ball on ball um, defense. But, you know, one pass, one pass away, we're in the gap. You know, two passes away, we're in the, in the lane. And uh, three passes away, we're, we're underneath the hoop in midline. So, um, yeah, just make people consistently um, beat us um, away from the hoop. How, uh, you know, what are some, you know, the key to the pack line is getting a great closeout, I think. And, and, and one of the things that, that I've really evolved in my philosophy is by, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we're isolating closeouts five to ten minutes a day. And we're working on proper closeout angles and where we want it to go. What are some drills that you guys do to work those closeouts and make sure that you're 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 keeping just one on the wall one on the ball and not letting two get to the ball and and then you know the offense starts spinning it around and and you know leads to a wide open look or a layup or something like that yeah and you know we we start out by doing a lot of one-on-one closeouts um you know early on and uh in the season and then you know different drills we get to you know the three line closeouts and um and then we really work on uh that when we get into our shell as well um with the closeouts uh and and just that working on the the closeouts and then what to do on on our rotations um you know once once we do get beat as well um and uh that's something that you definitely always have to continue to 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 work on and, and talk about. Mm-hmm. Are, when when you're watching that, are you are you watching on the ball or are your eyes off the ball and 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 watching everything off the ball? Well, I I, I probably spend a little bit more time off the ball um, mm-hmm. than on the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and why is that? Because I'm the same way, but I want to hear what you know why you do it. Well, just, I mean, it's so, it's so, it's, it's so important off the ball and getting in the right position. And, you know, it's so easy for sometimes players not to realize that, not to focus on that. Um, sometimes we just want to focus on what's in front of us and not, um, your responsibility, um, as a group, you know, it's not just all about, the, um, you know the person who has the ball or the person who's guarding the ball it's you got to have five people um playing great defense collectively and in the right spot yeah when, a lot of times when we're doing shell four on four or five on five I, i'm not even you know not even not only am i not even watching the ball I'm not even watching my players' upper bodies. I have no idea what they're doing. Now I've got a pretty good idea. I've done this long enough that I, I can probably tell if they're if their hands are out and doing that type of thing. I'm I literally will just lock in on their feet and I'll just be watching yeah. the feet all the way around. And 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 that's all I literally because if your feet are in the right place and if I see it getting low, then then we're gonna be fine. But but all I watch is is feet 
for for possessions at a time, especially in practice, to make sure that we're getting where we want to go. Yeah, yeah, you got to got to be in a good stance always, and uh, you know that's uh, something that a lot of times players forget about. They get you know off the ball thinking, um, relaxing a little bit, and then and then it's too late. So mm-hmm. um, definitely got to have great footwork, always be in that good stance. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And as you're spinning all this together, uh, and and kind of our last one here. Uh, your, your scouting philosophy, like you said, you've learned a lot from Jim about scouting and preparation and thinking, you know, three, four, seven, in Jim's case, probably 2,512 steps ahead. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably worried about what fall city is doing in the 2026 season or something like that right now. Uh, but, uh, uh, I'm just kidding, Jim, if you ever listened to this, that was a joke. All right. Uh, but, uh. Uh, you know, how, uh, what's your scouting philosophy? Uh, how do you put together your scouting reports? What are you emphasizing to your kids? Are you a live scout guy? Are you a huddle guy? Uh, just kind of everything that you do to help prepare your teams to be ready to play to the best of their ability. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, one of the big things that I, um, really enjoyed doing when I started coaching with, with my brother, um, when I was on his staff, um, I loved going to, going to games with him, um, and live scouting and, and going over that stuff. And, um, so a lot of what, what we do is, has come from him. Um, start out just at the beginning of the season, we have a scouting, I put together a scouting, um, schedule, um, for my assistant coaches. So, um, we break out the games, um, and, you know, each coach has so many games that, that they're in charge of um, that season. So um, we uh, – How many assistants do you have to help you out with that? Sorry. I have two assistants. Okay. So right. so there's three of us. And, and I'll take, um, you know um, – I'll take, you know, most of, you know, a good portion of the games and I'll break out the, some of the others to, to my two assistants. And they um, do an extremely good job with it um, as well. But they're basically in charge of getting, uh, if that's your scouting game, that your game to scout, you're in charge of getting the, the film on huddle one. Um, and we like to have at least, uh, at least, you know, three to four films at least on each team. Um if not more, but, um, that's what we for sure want to get in, um, on huddle. And then, um, when it comes to, you know, live scouting or huddle, I, I would love to be able to live scout more than, than what I do. Um, it's, it's a little bit more difficult with just the, the girls basketball schedule and getting to those games away. Um, with some of those early start times, mm-hmm. but, uh, anytime we can, anytime I can, um, you know, get to a live game, I, I love to do it just cause I think it's a, a big advantage. Um, why do you think that? What, what, what do you like about it? Well, I just like a huddle's great and film's great and we use it a ton. I just like to see for one, the, the personnel in person, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the speed, it's easier to tell the speed. Um, I think, um, of the players and the physicality of the players and when you're in, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the best thing about live scouting is you get, you get, um, the calls from, from the other team. I mean, you can get them on huddle, um, every now and then it's, it's harder that way, but being able to get the calls, um, of the coaches, 
um, offensively. Um, you know, they're out of bounds plays, they're, they're different sets and, and it makes a big advantage, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so three or four films per team, you're spreading it out in front of you with your, with your coaching staff. Um, you know, you'd love to live scout if you can, uh, what's kind of, you know, your major keys that you're looking at as as you're watching a team play, whether it's live or on film, and then uh, what's your process of narrowing it down and then presenting it to your team and then implementing the game plan? Yeah, so we um, will start out with, um, well, personnel. I mean, tendencies on personnel. So um, obviously starters and then and then their main people coming off the bench. But um you know, I really like to, um, one with personnel is identifying, you know, um, ball handlers, but then also identifying, um, you know, their best shooters, um, people who they, who can really shoot it and then people who can't shoot it. Um, and you got to know the difference, you know, between the two and then who you're guarding and that, and that's what we spend a lot of time with, um, informing our players of that as well mm-hmm. um and then so inevitably the kid that. that you tell that you say you can't shoot hits three jumpers in the first five exactly. minutes and your kids look at you, come on coach what you oh you know it's like she hasn't made a shot since you know the fourth of july you know what do you want me to yeah. do so anyway that happens yeah it does oh yeah it seems like it happens a lot to to, to our teams anyway but uh yeah. go, go ahead so yeah, so that, that's the biggest thing with personnel. And then, like on the scouting report, there obviously a personnel um, portion, um, and then their tendencies and and what they, you know, points and shooting percentages and and things like that. Um, and then I do, like I said, I separate it with with I just put kind of a best shooters, worst shooters, just so they know that. Um, and then we get into offense. Um, and defense um so there's you know what what we put on the scouting report um is i like to give them enough inform enough information obviously but i don't like to give them too much mm-hmm. either um so i try to simplify it um you know their base offenses and their strengths and weaknesses um and that's really what we try to try to focus on. Um, and then we do go over um, their main, any main spe- specials or sets um, that they have. Um, and then we'll, we'll go over that stuff in practice. Um, you know, when we get into the meat of the season, um, you know, our, our first, you know, our practice schedule, we obviously we get a lot of, we still do our, our drills and shooting and, and individual stuff. And then when we get into team defense, um, you know, when we start preparing for those opponents, we spend a lot of time on, you know, how we're going to guard them. Mm-hmm. 
and you know identifying um, who we need to stop and and go over those things that are on the scouting report mm-hmm. are you uh i want to take a step backwards here uh when you're when you're giving your players that information do you have something tied up typed up for them or is it just hey written on the board and we're going to walk through it here uh or, or do, are you having them write down their own notes what are what are the ways that you get your kids to or, or how do you convey that information to your players yeah, so they get a scouting report every game, a written scouting report. So um, we type it up to them, um, and they get it, um, you know, the day day before the game, or um, or maybe a couple days if we get it done um, before they ever have you know multiple days off. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so they get it and they can see it. And they can go over it. Um, we go through it most of what it you know, in practice, but then we always, you know, talk about, um, you know, get, get it going over the scouting board themselves. Um, so they can really get locked in on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then let's, uh, let's take this all the way up to, to right before the game, uh, in, in your locker room pregame, how much or you know, uh, how are you, uh, presenting that that scout the final time or you, you got a bunch of stuff written up on the board or do you keep it pretty simple to just a, a few things that you're that you're writing up there and that you're going over with your players the last minute there yeah and and by that time i i want them to be to be ready to go so i i don't put um too much um on the board just the main the main things um you know our, our matchups obviously um we talk about our matchups um, coming out and start again, um, just reminding them of that. Um, and then specific things of, of how we are going to guard, guard them. Um, you know, things that we practiced, um, you know, the, the day or two before that. Um, but just, just small, um, you know, things just to help them to, to remember that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Coach, uh, great stuff tonight. Uh, any social media that you want to share with our, our listeners uh, if they want to know more about your program or anything like that? Um, actually, I, I don't. I'm not not huge into into uh, the social media actually. So okay, um, no problem. I don't have I don't have very many. I personally am not on social media um, that much. So, well, you're you're probably saving yourself a little bit of a headache there. So, uh, um, you know, I, I just other than my Twitter handle, I just have my MySpace page. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, that, that, that's no problem at all. Uh, Grant Cole, the head girls basketball coach at Auburn High School here in Auburn, Nebraska. Uh, coach, you know, I, I hope you've enjoyed your time on the podcast here tonight. Yeah, I really have, Marty. I appreciate you um, having me on. I really enjoy it. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, if I could get you to hold the line here, i got to wrap up a couple things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you could just hold on a second, and, and, and we'll bring this home here. We'll land this plane. So, sound good? Sounds good. All right. Grant Cole, the girls' basketball coach at Auburn, High, uh, Auburn Nebraska here, uh, Auburn High School. Uh, great job by him tonight. Uh, hopefully, Grant, we'll be able to meet head-to-head. Uh would it be Thursday would be their semifinals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'd be Thursday. Okay. Thursday. So yep. if 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 their boys program wins and our boys program wins, they're gonna they're gonna face off in the semifinal of the state tournament next week. So uh, uh you know, I'll I'll try to find you uh Tuesday morning 
uh, in between games or something like that. How's that sound? All right, sounds great. All right, hold the line here just a second. Uh, again, Grant Cole, terrific job tonight. Uh, we also want to thank our founding sponsor, of course, COSAC Chiropractic. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. Uh, download, rate, and review this podcast. Give it five stars. Share this podcast with uh, anybody that you think might be interested. A lot of really good information from Coach Cole tonight here. Uh, of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the newly revamped, newly redesigned website. There's literally hundreds of new pages of information that I've added, uh, features, topics, that type of thing. Go to a pen and a napkin.com. Um, it, there's a lot of good stuff, and as time moves forward here, uh, we're going to have a lot more really, really good stuff as well. And before I forget, uh, next week at the state tournament, we're going to have, uh, gosh, I don't know, uh, probably a minimum of three coaches roundtables, uh, and maybe even four. It just kind of depends on uh, how things go. So we are going to have a bunch of interviews, a bunch of discussions with coaches at the state tournament next week. We're kind of finalizing all of those details here in the next couple of days, uh, but we're going to have a lot of great folks on here to talk a lot of hoops next week at the Nebraska State Tournament. So stay tuned to a pen and a napkin here on your iTunes account and on Twitter as well. So so, again, another great podcast here tonight. Thanks a lot to Coach Cole. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.